Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message to all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality. For those of you that are new, please check out my website at ultimatemeaning.com where there is a flip book with original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And you will find a lot of the print is highlighted in red. Those are links to very profound and amazing YouTube videos that highly confirm the reality of what I am sharing here from many fields of science and archaeology. This message is for those that have come to know the one true eternal God, the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love, the very source of love and of life, of reality. As it says in John 17, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. These messages are given prophetically. The word of God says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. When we gather together around Christ to meet with Christ in worship, we are to be those that all seek to allow God to speak through us so that we are speaking as the oracles of God or prophetically. How many churches nowadays, when they gather together, are more conscious of Christ in their midst and start their meetings on their faces before God in prayer? out of the genuine fear of God, becoming sensitized to whose presence we are in through prayer, through worship, through waiting on him in great reverence as well. And then out of that, allowing a spontaneity of people to sing songs and to sing songs corporately as well, and out of that worship to come forth out in spontaneity without having to ask permission to use the mic at the front to speak as the oracles of God, as we are commanded to. This is how the early church in the beginning had their meetings. We know that from the word of God. It's very clear in the New Testament. When they came together, one had a song, another had a word of knowledge, another a word of encouragement or an exhortation or a testimony. But whatever they spoke, they spoke and sought to speak out of the Spirit of God beyond themselves. There is another verse that is, amplifies the understanding of speaking as the oracles of God, and that is Revelations 19.10, which says, Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God out of a pure heart and spirit and in truth with great reverence and love, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in creative utterances that are prophetic or that are speaking as the oracles of God. Some Have you ever experienced being in a meeting and the spirit of God rises up in you and you don't know what you're going to say, but you know you just sing a song. So you just sing it out. And many times it becomes a beautiful song. 
or you sense the Spirit of God rising up in you to pray out in the congregation or rising up in you to give a word of encouragement or a testimony. We are all to seek to be alive and stirring up the gifts of God in our lives for one another. What I do in these messages is seek to speak prophetically out of a heart set and a mindset of worship, as it says there in Revelations 19.10, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is out of worship that flows prophetic utterance, which testifies of the reality of God in our midst and in our lives as individuals. What I want to share today, I know not. What I do is I facilitate to speak prophetically as the oracles of God, and so I cast lots to get two possible chapters from the Bible with two independent random applications on the internet, so that I get two chapters. I cast lots with great reverence before God. I don't do it lightly, and it works every time. except when I happen to be insensitive or irreverent or I'm in a hurry or whatever. There's the odd time like that. So I want to share with you the two chapters I got by the casting of Lot before God today from the Word of God and yesterday because I didn't speak a message yesterday so that you know what the Spirit of God is saying in this particular hour on December the 15th of 2022, on Thursday, to the churches in an hour of great crisis around the world, the epicenter being in the United States, where the election was obviously stolen, and many other terrible things are happening, such as the border crossing and the COVID mandates and the vaccinations that have been killing enough a lot of people. You know, Governor, you know what the governor of Florida has already stated, and as Attorney General, that the CDC is totally corrupt. See, the um, they've been lying about the vaccines. Many people have been dying. They now have from high statistical sources that are very valid, even government sources, that twenty people, twenty million people, have died from taking more than one dose of the vaccination thus far. They expected to go up to 70 million by 2025. We are living in this very serious and dark time. And it says in the word of God that gross darkness will cover the earth. That is the time we are in. A time of great hopelessness. But it is also multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision, as it says in Joel. Well, let's have the worship song I've also chosen to go with this message. I just try to seek to find a good worship song. Sometimes I use the casting of Lot. This time I just chose a song that I thought might be a good one to go with this message. And so we will play that song now and worship unto the Lord.
wonderful a love song to God purity purity is in this song it is emphasized in this song holiness is purity brothers and sisters it's not just separation it's purity it's a love that is pure so pure and God wants us to know the wholeness of his holiness that comes out of a love for God 
from a pure heart that learns to delight in the holiness of God, the purity of God, the purity of his love that will not tolerate what is contrary to love. What is corrupt is what is contrary to love, brothers and sisters. God is calling his people and he's wanting to draw them with the cords of his love into a place of intimacy with him in these last days and of wholehearted, lavish love. And so I want to read what I received in the last two days from the Word of God. So we will go, first of all, to what I received yesterday on Wednesday, December the 14th. It was 1 Corinthians 6 and Psalms chapter 5. First of all, I'm going to read from Psalms, a few of the verses from Psalms 5, beginning in verse 7. It says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Make thy way, not my understanding and my own desires to go here and there, but make thy way clear, plain, straight before me so that I have no doubt about what I need to deny for your sake to follow you. In essence, that is what is the meaning in that verse. We go on, and I skip to verse 11. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, or Yahweh in the original, will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as with a shield. <coughs> Not to pardon me, it's still got a bit of a tickle and cough, but it is gradually going away. It says here, let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. What does it mean to love the name of Yahweh? Elohim, which word Elohim in the literal meaning of the Hebrew is Almighty's one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Yahweh, the I am that I am, the most sacred name for God, the ultimate reality. To love what is ultimately real and is the very source of reality is to love the very source of love, for that is what is the source of ultimate reality, the I am that I am. The Word of God says in 1 John chapter 4, other verses there, God is love. And this is the word agape love, which is the highest form of love, which basically is a quality that will always choose, independent of whether there is feeling or not, will always choose the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Because obviously any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is so integrous and pure that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to 
choosing the highest lasting good, which is what this love is. It is the very antithesis of corruption. It is the very destroyer of all corruption that ensures a destiny where there is no corruption that can ever enlarge in creative fulfillments of pleasures and fellowship with God, <coughs> expressed in all the uniqueness of each of us as individuals and the giftings that we can experience being expressed in love unto God and to one another. We were all created to be very create, creative. Some psychologists say that if you're having a problem with being overly lustful towards women or whatever it is, that the way you have the escape is by learning to do things that are creative. And there is a certain amount of truth to that. God wants us to find our fulfillment in creative expression supremely unto him and also to one another out of a pure love that always chooses the highest lasting good, not out of a self-grasping state of being that is self-destructive like a black hole in outer space that pulls everything in towards itself in a destructive way that is a hell-contagious anti-life state of being <coughs> that is the opposite of the being of God, that is at enmity with God. <coughs> <coughs> and so when we love the name of the Lord, we are loving who God is in his being. The word name in the Hebrew is very synonymous with the word soul. It says the life of the flesh is in the blood. That word life is the word for soul. It is the understanding of life. The word soul has the understanding of who you really are. The very core of your being, the very essence of who you really are. The word for name is who you really are expressed towards others. Not who you pretend to be expressed towards others, but who you really are towards others. And God wants us to be in such a relationship with him, a love relationship with him. But what happens is that we can fall prey to an idolatrous perception of God that is far from our love relationship with him. And we see this also very clearly expressed here in the other chapter I received yesterday which is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to read some of the verses there. It says, beginning in verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, <coughs> nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the being or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> so it says there, Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. 
those that inherit the kingdom of God are those that are living a life that is a life of holiness, that is not in bondage to the temporal baits of this world, including a religious, idolatrous perception of God, an idolatrous, monotheistic perception of God. And what is that perception? That is far from the love relationship that was expressed in this beautiful song that we sung. How many people become religious and they don't have any love? You can walk into their churches and they're all in their own little cliques and strangers walk in and they feel left out. They're not invited there. There's not love. It's not like you're being invited to this wonderful feast. Everyone's in their own little cliques. And they don't even have the sensitivity in their relationship with God and each other to realize there are people hurting in their midst and to reach out to them. That is why I say there needs to be a new order that comes into the body of Christ, especially after this time. We better not be burying our heads in the sand when we're on the verge of a takeover by terrible, wicked people that are seeking to take the world over and bring in a global communist government that would bring terrible persecution to believers and oppression to all peoples, tyrannical oppression. And I don't have time to get sidetracked into going into all that's going on and all of that right now. But the kingdom of God is the opposite of the world system. It is filled with love, but the world system can be very religious, very controlling, because certain people always will be the hierarchy they want all the glory, want all the wealth, want all the power, and they will do anything to have all the masses under them suffer so they can be somebody and enjoy all of their own delusions that they think will fulfill their lives. God is calling us in this hour as his people to be those that have a perception of God that does not perceive the holiness of God and the holiness of God, which is the integrity of his love, is very severe on sin. We ourselves, as believers, experience suffering in the world like everyone else. But often the suffering that people experience in the world when they lose the things that are most precious to them, like their loved one or whatever, are driven to suicide because that's where all their identity and their energy and their heart and their whole life was. And so when that goes, they crumble because they haven't found the source of real identity, which is an unshakable source, an ultimate reality. The word reality means that which is indestructible, unshakable, and it's only this love, this pure love of God that is the very source against all that is corrupt, that is indestructible, that is unshakable. They haven't found this love. And so we know that Cain fell into an idolatrous perception of God. That's why his offering was rejected. Because there was an element of bitterness and of unthankfulness 
that God would allow all of this suffering and so on. And so we began to look at the consequences of God's holiness and focus on that instead of the fact that God's holiness is good, that is the integrity of his love is good because the judgment ensures that there can be a destiny where there is no corruption. So we wonder why God allows so many contradictions in our lives and we become bitter or we see all the suffering around us like Cain and we begin to have an unthankful perception of God as some dictator and his holiness as some severity that requires our appeasement. King David came to love the holiness of God. It's so evident in the Psalms. He says to worship God and the beauty of holiness. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. To behold the beauty of the Lord. It is out of the purity of God's love, which is his holiness, that emanates the beauty of God. He is the very source of all beauty. But there was a time when King David was afraid of the holiness of God. When God smote the ark, the people that were the priest that was carrying the ark says he was afraid of God. You see, even he began to have a wrong perception of God. But then when he saw how the house of Obadidim was blessed, he realized that he had a wrong perception of God, that it was just that his love was so pure that it could not tolerate what was contrary to this very pure love. But how easy to fall into our religious mindset and become those that persecute the godly. The godly are those that live a holy life out of a love relationship with God, not out of the mere religious mindset that wants to appease God or to somehow think that they are pleasing God by their performance when their heart is not in a deep love relationship with God. And so we read in Corinthians here more about that. But I want to go on to what I received today from the Word of God. And it says in this chapter in Corinthians, first of all, it, said, it was discussing how believers are taking one another to court when they should be judging among themselves. And so Paul is reproving them for that. And then he goes into this issue of living a holy life, not being an idolater or an adulterer or an effeminate or, or a thief or covetous. Covetousness is idolatry. It is a grasping after the things of this world in priority over seeking to come into a love relationship with God out of a genuine heart of hunger and desire for that. So the last verse says in verse 19, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How can we not be filled with thankfulness? We all experience being tempted. We all experience where we fail. I failed recently in my thoughts, in my desires, because I'm single and I've been single a long time. Though a righteous man may fall seven times, yet he can rise. 
as long as the repentance is sincere and genuine, we get up and we grow and we eventually have those things that would cleave to us of the flesh fall off. It says, if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And it is a matter of perseverance. It is a matter of knowing that blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin because you have a heart that's immediately sorrowful and repentant and you confess your sins. And it's when you confess your sins that he will cleanse you and forgive you. If you think you can live your life without confessing your sins to God and that somehow you're just cleansed by the blood without repentance and confession, you are deceiving yourself. You can't even come to Christ. He says that whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. You can't come to Christ if your heart is deceived and you got on repentance in it. You're not really coming to Christ. You're coming and thinking he's going to justify sin in your life? No. You need to come with a broken and a contrite heart and great humility and reverence out of love for God. What did I receive today from the Word of God? I received Matthew chapter 23. I didn't even copy or paste anything down today. And Acts chapter 6. And again, through the casting of Lot, there is always a very clear theme. And there is in Matthew 23 and Acts chapter 6. Now, I happen to be in Acts chapter 6 first here, so I want to explain what that's about. This is about the apostles having to choose different ones to serve the widows that were neglected in the daily ministration of food between the Hebrews and the Greeks. They didn't seem to be fair, and so they needed to have special men distributing the food to them. And so they didn't want the apostles to be involved in that. So they said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And one of them was Stephen, who was a man that is amazing what God says about this amazing man of God. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and of them of Sicilia, no, of Cilicia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he speak, you see. So they couldn't find answers. They couldn't find anything that would suffice. So they were being exposed for how corrupt they were before others. So what did they do? They stubborn man which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place, and so on. And then his face lit up like an angel. It reminds me of the verse that says, 
If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of God and of glory doth rest upon you. And you will find, when, especially when the religious persecute you, that the Spirit of God will rise up in you and on you and begin to shine right in front of them. And your face will become bold and strong as flint against them. That has been my own experience when I have done what has been sincere in righteousness and been persecuted for it. Now we go back to Matthew chapter 23. Hopefully this will take me back there. Yes. And we see the same religious spirit here in Matthew 23 that stoned Stephen after his face shone as an angel. <coughs> and it is a reproof of those that are religious by Christ. And he goes on and he describes, and I won't describe it all, he says, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their facularies and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But it says here, but ye, but be not ye called Rabbi. For one is your master, even Christ and all ye brethren. In other words, don't call people your masters. And call no man your father upon the earth. So I'm not calling any priest my father, or anyone my father, except the one that is my father, which is the Almighty Father in heaven, the Creator, God my Father. For one is your Father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters. So I don't like people calling me master or whatever else that is equivalent. For one is your master, even Christ. But he that is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. It is the stance we are always to take as believers, is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, but also to be such in our spirit that we humble ourselves before one another in a state of reverence. I think of the angels in heaven as I've written a book called Incredible, pardon me, Afterlife Incredible Irrefutable, which you can buy on Amazon now for a very low price because I'm hardly making any profit on it. So <laughs> worth getting, especially as an ebook. In Canadian, it's only $5.44. In American, I think it's $2.99. Yes. And that's a 367 page ebook. But the angels, they come before those that have entered heaven and they some of them are enormous i mean 15 feet tall 15 feet broad incredibly beautiful eyes and face and beautiful beings and they bow with their face in reverence with a victorian like style reverence before you let's say if you were in heaven and then they get up and just in such love and grace seek to serve you these powerful angels and that all happens before you come before Christ to see Christ who displays such incredible love on his children that is beyond words 
for me to put in here in the description. Just get the book and read it, okay? <laughs> Help support me because I'm in a bad way financially right now. But I'm trusting God. Can't even get my car fixed and it's been working miraculously for almost a month when it should have, according to the mechanic, fallen apart by now. The radiator was totally emptying of the fluid because the pump wasn't was uh, bad and was going to go any moment. Now the radiator fluid leaks very little. And I've been driving for a month with it, waiting till I can get $900 to get it repaired. Yes, God does these things. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that here in this passage we see people that are very religious and they are the persecutors of the righteous. He goes on and he describes what these people are like in great detail. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay thigh of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to have left the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup, and platter that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. He goes on to say, whoa. And I, I mean, I don't want to go on and read all of this because it goes on for a while. He says that upon you will come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barcaius, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Remember, we just read what happened in the book of Acts to Stephen. To Stephen. They're getting ready to stone him. After his angel, his face lights up like an angel. They should have been, it should have been obvious to them that this man was of God. But no, they didn't want to accept it. They had their own little kingdom and their own self-glory and their own security that was more important to them than the truth. That's the same that's happening today. You got people in government. They don't want to serve the people. They're only interested in being dictators over the people and destroying the United States. And that's what they've been seeking to do in this present government in the States. They're seeking deliberately to destroy the United States because they're part of the World Economic Forum under Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab's dad was buddy buddies with Hitler, by the way. And Klaus Schwab has written a book where he says, well, we need to reduce the world population from 7 billion down to 500 million. And they talk about it openly. And Trudeau attends that and Macron and others, and they think these people are great people when they are worse than the Nazis for what they are saying and what their intent is and what is happening. 
a mass genocide worse than the world wars has taken place. 20 million people have already died of the vaccines. My own friends this week, their daughter suddenly dropped dead. 51 years old. 80% increase in deaths between people between the ages of 13 and 50, according to this general, Surgeon General in United in Florida, DeSantis' medical Surgeon General. We are living in serious times and there's no time to be anything less than in a full-hearted love relationship with God. And to not be in bondage, but to be living a life that is holy. Christ says here, Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. This judgment will come upon them, and it did. Many of them were crucified. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would have I gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. You see, God wanted them to be in that love relationship with him. He wanted to come down with the wings of his presence, with healing in his wings, and come into their midst. And he is now waiting for his people to gather onto him as never before in local assemblies around the world. Repent of being just a church. You can never go back to being the church the way you are in a time of such crisis. This is the time where multitudes and multitudes are in the valley of decision. This is the time of awakening as described in Isaiah 60. 60, where it says, gross darkness shall cover the earth. And then what does the Lord say to his people? Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is the hour to rise and to shine, brothers and sisters. No, we're not going to have a house like this that happened when Christ was here the first time. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord of Yahweh. The being of Yahweh. Blessed is he that cometh in the being of Yahweh. That is Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Who is the full expression of the Father as described in Hebrews 1.3. That's what the word son means. Expression. That's what the word word means, expression, basically. God is calling his people to wake up. I've written a book. That one on the afterlife is tremendous. I encourage you to get it, but to support me also, the most important book that needs to get out to the body of Christ right now is the book I wrote called God Headship and Body Invasion. On everything that you need to do in your assembly to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your assembly in the gatherings around Christ. You need to get that book. It's about 270 pages of detailed outline on many suggestions or just suggestions to show what we can do to not limit the glory of God in our midst in this hour, that we would rise up and become his conquering bride church to conquer our community, our city, and our nation with the gospel as never before and to turn multitudes back to Christ. I thank you for you listening to this message and spread it 
and get it out and spread this book around. It's important that this book gets into churches. It's important that people wake up and turn back to God. This is a strategy that is in line with the zeal of God for this hour to bring forth the reality of John 17, to bring forth the conquering bride church of the last days that will bring in a mighty harvest and will bring deliverance in the land from this attempt of tyranny and world government around the world. Blow the trumpet and wake the people up. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this message.